0: The epistle for this last sunday after pentecost is taken from st paul's letter to the colossians brethren we have been praying for you unceasingly asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of god's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding may you walk worthily of god and please him in all things bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of god May you be completely strengthened through his glorious power unto perfect patience and long-suffering, joyfully rendering thanks to God the Father, who has made us worthy to share the lot of the saints in light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have our redemption through his blood, the remission of sins. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel is taken from the 24th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, When you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let him who reads understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything from his house, and let him who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. But woe to those who are with child or who have infants at the breast in those days. But pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, nor will be. And unless those days had been shortened, no living creature would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone say to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told it to you beforehand. If therefore they say to you, Behold, he is in the desert, do not go forth. Behold, he is in the inner chambers, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes forth from the east and shines even to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Whoever the body is, there will the eagles also be gathered together but immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give her light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken and then will appear the sign of the son of man in heaven and then will all the tribes of the earth mourn and they will see the son of man coming upon the clouds of heaven with great power and majesty and he will send forth his angels with a trumpet and a great sound. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now from from the fig tree learn this parable. When each branch is now tender and the leaves break forth, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all these things have been accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, there is a two-word phrase that has lately been going around on social media, and this phrase is, died suddenly. and some people are trying to make the case that there are an above average number of people who are dropping dead suddenly and I'm not really interested in in that whether it's true or whether it's not true what I am interested in is this fact that it's possible for any one of us to die suddenly we just don't know the day of our death people have always in the history of the world died suddenly and they always will in, in the future. Last month, there was a 21-year-old young man in the UK who went to the gym with his girlfriend, and they worked out for an hour. And uh, after that exercise was, was done, he re- said to his girlfriend that he was feeling faint, and then he collapsed on the floor, and his, his, his nose started bleeding and she tried to do cPR on him. they called the paramedics and everything, but it was it was too late. There was nothing they could do and he was declared dead also in the u k recently, there was a fifty five year old man who uh, had a, a radio show, which she which hosted a, a breakfast program and he was he was there one morning you know hosting this show and and playing these songs and and in in the midst of the program suddenly. The music stopped. The man had had a heart attack. He died right on the spot. You may have heard about this air show that was taking place recently in Dallas. And uh, they were exhibiting these World War II-era planes. And there was, there was two of these planes, in which, which carried six people uh, all together. And, the, and these, these six people, they got into the planes, and, and they, of course, they were expecting to be back on the ground, and, and safe and sound, in the matter of half an hour. But unfortunately, by, by a terrible accident, one of the, the wings of the, of the planes clipped the other plane, and they all fell to the ground and died. So these stories of sudden death remind us something very important, important for us to understand. And that is, we do not know the day We do not know the hour when we will die. We know that we will die. We do not know when we will die. And it's not wrong of God to allow us to die suddenly. There's no obligation on the part of God to step in. If there's something that might happen that would take away our life suddenly. The reason is because we simply are not made for this life. This life is only a preparation for the life to come. If this life was all that there was, then we would certainly expect God to make sure that it was not cut off prematurely. But as this life is only a preparation for the next life, sometimes we have a short time to prepare, sometimes we have a longer time to prepare. And especially if we're young, we don't know which one we will be given. Will it be a short time? Will it be a long time? We don't know. The main thing is, That we do this work of preparation. In today's gospel, our Lord talks about the suddenness of the second coming. Everybody wants to know, when is the second coming going to happen? Our Lord says to us, you don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody is meant to know. And he compares his second coming to the coming of a bolt of lightning. lightning. You know how it works with the bolt of lightning. You're standing outside, it's completely dark. Then all of a sudden there's this flash of light. And our Lord says this flash of light, it extends from the eastern horizon to the western horizon, and then it's gone. He says, that is how it's going to be with my second coming. All of a sudden, he will be there without anybody being able to predict when it's going to happen. That day of the second coming of our Lord is like the day of our, uh, our death because the day of our death is also the day of the coming of our Lord. It is the day that we will meet our Lord, that we will be judged by our Lord Jesus Christ. And because our Lord so wants that meeting to be good, such that that we will be happy to see him on the day of our judgment. He preaches various parables. You know that he, he loved to speak in parables, but there was a particular type of parable that he preached over and over again, the watching parable, the parable telling you to be vigilant in your life, the parable telling you to get ready, to be always on the alert. There are four of these watching parables in the gospel. In one of them, he compares death to a thief that comes in the night, Thieves, obviously, they choose a time when you're not expecting them to come. Otherwise, their efforts will be frustrated. So they come at a time when you're not looking for them, so they can break into your house and they can take your things. He says that death can be like that. If you have some servants in your house, so you have a security team, and, and they're they're waiting, they're always vigilant, they're always watching, seeing when the thief might come, then if the thief comes, it's not going to be a big deal they're going to be able to stop him. He's not going to be able to break into your house. He's not going to be able to take anything. But if you don't, if you don't have that security team, if you're not watching, if you're not vigilant, then he is going to be successful. And so it is with our life. If we're watching, if we're vigilant, if we're expecting, for waiting, for anticipating the next life, if we're getting ready for the next life, then whenever death comes, no matter when it comes, it will not cause us damage. On the contrary, it will be a blessing in a sense for us, we will go to our eternal beatitude. But if we are not watching, it will indeed be a tragic day for us. It's because of these two different states of the soul, when it dies, that there are really two different attitudes that people can have towards death. it's it's remarkable to um study the lives of the first Christians and, and even even in the in the, the New Testament to see their attitude towards death. So if you if you think about it, if in fact our life is merely a preparation for the life to come, then when we see our Lord at the second coming, that He's going to come to to take us to heaven, to our true home, where we'll possess eternal happiness. If we truly believe that, and if, if we're living in the state of grace on a habitual basis, and we're expecting to go to heaven, then there's really no reason to, to dread death. In a sense, we, we'd almost look forward to the day when we were able to meet our Lord at his coming to judge us. This is uh, the sentiments at the end of the apocalypse. You know, at the very end of the book of the apocalypse, St. John portrays a portrait of the heavenly Jerusalem descending. And, um, he, he says, the Lord is going to come quickly. And then his own sentiment is, come, Lord Jesus, come. I anticipate you with great expectation. One of the watching parables of, of our Lord is, is the parable of the ten virgins. And of course, there's the five or wise virgins who who are there and they make sure that they keep their lamps lit. And we can we can think about what it would be like to be one of those those five virgins there, um kind of listening for the sound of of the carriage of uh, uh, the bridegroom and thinking, "Oh, we're we're going to go to the wedding feast. This is going to be great." And they're sitting there and they they've got their their lamps lit and then suddenly they they hear that sound. They 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 spring up and the, the door of the carriage swings open, and, and they all jump in because they're they're looking forward to this great delight of going to the wedding feast. And this was the attitude of, of the first Christians, anticipating that on the day of the coming of our Lord, on the day of, of their death, they would go into eternal beatitude. We have to consider when... Our Lord um, in his great love for us when he invents this this beautiful sacrament of the Holy Eucharist what is he wanting to do in a sense he is he's wanting to give us a, a very great means to prepare ourselves for that second coming for the time when, when we will unite ourselves with him forever Every time you receive Holy Communion, you have maybe 15 or 20 minutes when when you possess our Lord, when, when he is inside of you, and hopefully you make a, a good thanksgiving at that time. And what you're doing is, is you're preparing yourself for the time when you will be united with him forever in heaven. This life is a preparation for the next life. That's why our Lord has the sacrament. Our Lord wants to be with us. Our Lord wants to give us eternal happiness. He loves us more than even we love ourselves. And He wants to provide us the happiness beyond what our dreams can imagine. And so He comes inside of us. If we receive Him with His dispositions, the dispositions of those, of those first Christians, I, I want to be united to our Lord. I'm preparing myself to be united with our Lord forever. Think about when people are dating you know they're 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 uh, starting to spend some time together getting to know one another better and they're anticipating the the time the day of their marriage when they will spend the rest of their lives um together you know that that's that's what they're anticipating we too must have a similar perspective in mind when we receive holy communion it's also why um <clears throat> When we're not at mass and we make a visit, or even at other times, it's also good for us to make a spiritual communion. It it maintains in our soul this disposition of desire to be united to our Lord. The saints understood this so well, and we, when we look at their lives, we see um, the most pre- perfect preparation for that day of death, for the day of judgment. They prepare themselves the best they could for the next life. And of course, when our Lord came, when he swooped down in in his chariot, he picked them up and took them straight to heaven. Others prepared themselves, but did not prepare themselves perfectly. And then when they died, um, they've gone to purgatory for a certain period of time where they have to finish their preparation for heaven. Then others still, as you know, unfortunately, have not spent their lives preparing for heaven. And when they see our Lord on the day of their judgment, it's not a time for them to be united with our Lord forever, but rather for them to be separated from our Lord forever. This is why there's a second attitude towards death that exists. It's an attitude of great dread, of great trepidation, and with all reasonableness, because there are people who do not take the time to prepare themselves for the next life. They're living entirely for this life. And then when death comes, it does come like a thief. It does rob them of, of all happiness, whatever happiness they may have possessed. One of our Lord's parables is about precisely someone who's just living it up in this life, just living this life, see all the pleasures and joys he can get out of it. I'm sure you're familiar with this parable in Luke chapter 12. The land of a certain rich man brought forth plenty of fruits. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he says, This I will do. I will pull down my barns and will build greater, and into them I will gather all things that are grown to me and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy rest, eat, drink, make good cheer. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night do they require thy soul of thee. This man was making a preparation, but he wasn't preparing for the next life. He was preparing for his retirement. He was preparing for a day. He was amassing the goods of this earth to prepare for a day we can have uh, 24-7 leisure time and live it up in this life, to have his happiness in this life this is the man who precisely is not watching. He's not vigilant. He's not looking for the afterlife. I want to tell you a little story from, from the life of, of two saints that kind of illustrate, or there, it's, a, it's a story of sudden death, but kind of illustrates for us how whenever a soul is ready for death, it's always a happy ending, even though there may be tragedy. It is, this story is a, is a story of, of tragedy, but as they say, of eternal happiness at the same time. A unique situation where, where you have two saints, St. Saint Francis de Sales and St. Jane Francis de Chantal, and you have this couple who got married, Bernard and Marie-Aimé. So Bernard was the brother of St. Francis de Sales, the brother of the saintly bishop, and Marie Aimée was the daughter of St. Jean Francis de Chantal. You know that she was a widow. She had children. Her, her husband got shot in a hunting accident. And then she, she still had her children. So the brother of St. Francis de Sales and the daughter of St. Jean Francis de Chantal get married. And we're all looking at this and we're like, wow, this is a match made in heaven. Literally, this is going to be a fantastic family. There's going to be so many fruits that are going to come from this family. But in the mysterious designs of the providence of God, it was not meant to be. It was not meant to be. So Bernard was, was in the military and he was out doing a military operation and he got struck with a fever. The medical resources they had back then and their ideas of healing people were not very good and, and a lot of people died, died young. So he was, he was just in his 20s and this figure struck him down and left Marie-Aimé a widow. And she was pregnant. She was expecting a child. I believe it was, their, it was their first child. She was only 19 years old. He died in, in January, and the child was due later on in the year. She's going along in, in her pregnancy and grieving for the loss of her husband. And suddenly the, the child um, is is to be born prematurely, four months prematurely. And in the, in the midst of, of giving birth to the child, it's clear that the Maria May is not going to, to make it. I don't know at what point um, that she was suffering these things or uh, if her convalescence afterwards is when she entered into troubles. But be that as it may, you have this scene where she's there um, on what she knows to be her deathbed. And she has in her room two saints, St. Saint Francis de Sales is there, this holy bishop, and her mother, St. Jean Francis de Chantal. And she she knows that she's going to die, and so she asks her mother, can I enter the visitation order? And her mother gives permission, and so um, she makes this profession of the visitation order, and she also asks, can I take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and take the black veil? And again, her, her mother gives this permission, She's veiled on the black veil, under vows, and then later on, she dies. When we, when we think about this story of, of the death of these two young people, of course we are sad, and it was, it was a terrible cross for St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane Francis de Chantal. It was, it was a terrible sorrow for them. But, as I say, at the same time, if we see the bigger picture, because these two were so ready to see God, and we now think about their state, that they um, are united together in heaven forever. We rejoice in the fact that they have prepared. And this is this is what is meant for us, my dear faithful. This is what is meant for us. No matter what happens in life, no matter when our death is, is going to happen, as long as we are prepared, it all turns out well in the end. As long as we make it to heaven, as long as we maintain ourselves in the state of grace, then we can look forward to death as as a day, we will enter into happiness. Whereas if if we live in the state of mortal sin or live in and out of the state of mortal sin, we may truly dread death. In closing, I just want to leave you with a quotation from The Imitation of Christ. At present, our passions make the things of this earth appear different from what they really are. Death tears away the veil and shows them in their true light. Let us then be persuaded that the proper time to prepare for the hour of death is during life. Let us hasten to do now what we cannot do then. All passes quickly and ends. The time is short. Therefore, let us so act that everything may serve us towards attaining eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.